We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hey there, hi there. This is Everly Isby coming at you, connecting the dots, right here on Renegade Talk Radio. And this is, what is it, February 13th, 2017. And um, there's a few things I'm going to speak to into this show. Um, it's The stuff is roiling across the media is all I can say. But first off, I wish to say that I have been validated once again. Don't you know if you've heard about this? I don't know if you have, uh, as I truly doubt mainstream media is reporting this in any big way, but it's a very big deal. Uh, Back in 2013, I'll just roll right into it. Let's get down to it. Anyway, back in 2013, scientists hired by the UN reported that um, there was what they called a pause or a slowdown in global warming that began when the energy output of the sun began to decline back in 1998. But then NOAA, you know, uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, suddenly claimed in a study that the UN scientists were wrong and there was no pause at all, that it never existed, but in fact, world temperatures had been rising faster than scientists expected. You know, and I I can't tell you how many times I've heard talking heads on TV or radio saying that 2016 was the hottest on record. And I just remember saying to myself all the time, that's not my experience. And um, other people I ask about how hot weather was for them in 2016, and they all they all kind of shrug their shoulders and say it doesn't seem record hot to me. It's not record hot. But then again, uh, I've known for a long time. You know, the political machinations involved in the whole global warming scheme, the climate change scheme, the agenda behind this crap, as I've also talked about here on my show, uh, but this report was launched by NOAA, National Oceanic, Ocean, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, with a public relations fanfare. It was splashed across the world's media and cited repeatedly by politicians and policymakers. That study, pretending warming had never stopped, was time to help negotiating nations. They timed it for the climate summit in Paris this last year. It was timed to help them enact draconian economic measures to reduce warming. Now this is important, renegade nations, so pay attention. A whistleblower, Dr. John Bates, who was a top NOAA scientist, has come forward with hard evidence that the paper rushed out by NOAA to influence the Paris Global Warming Conference was intended to be misleading using faked evidence. According to Dr. Bates, that study was cooked on several counts. His vehement objections to the publication of the faulty data were overridden by his NOAA superiors in what he describes as a blatant attempt to intensify the impact of what became known as the Pause Buster paper. Dr. Bates accused the lead author of the paper, Thomas Carl, 
who was until last year director of the NOAA section that produces climate data, the National Centers for Environmental Information, NCEI, of insisting on decisions and scientific choices that maximized warming and minimized documentation, in other words, the real data. In an effort to discredit the notion of a global warming pause, rushed so that he could time publication to influence national and international deliberations on climate policy. Before he retired last year, um, this whistleblower uh, continued to raise the issue internally. Then came the final bombshell. Dr. Bates said, quote, I learned that the computer used to process the software had suffered a complete failure Unquote. And on top of that is the fact that the two satellites they claimed collected data were mysteriously destroyed when it became a question. <laughs> fraud all the way along the line and a cover-up to make an examination of the fraud details impossible. This scandal also has disturbed, disturbing echoes uh, of the Climate Gate affair, which broke shortly before the UN Climate Summit in 2009, if you remember, when the leak of thousands of emails became, between climate scientists suggested that they had manipulated and hidden data. Some were British experts at the influential climactic research unit at the University of East Anglia. Right, so now, what with all the protests, Going on, there's a lot of people spouting doom and gloom because of Trump winning. It's a lot of environmentalists there. They're up in arms. And I have to say, first off, that I agree with the basic premise that we, as human beings, need to clean up our act here on this planet. But the blame actually lies with the huge corporate conglomerates, including governments. As I have consistently said, governments are private corporations for profit. These corporate conglomerates profit off of everyone's consumerism and they control what and how we consume. And corporate conglomerates as well are directly responsible for most of the environmental destruction going on as they take advantage of the resources of this planet, usually with very little concern or true responsibility on the damage they wreak on so, in so many ways. And to go down the list, it would just take too long. So, but the more important things that we have to keep in mind when the subject of global warming or climate change comes up in a topic, you know, when you're out about talking to people, is this. And this is really important to understand and remember. So listen up. Number one, every planet in our solar system is going through geologic and atmospheric shifts. So the changes we're experiencing on Earth are also occur occurring throughout our solar system. And there's no industry or combustion engine gas guzzling going on on Uranus, or I guess I could also say Uranus. <laughs> okay, number two, changes in the sun. We've also been in a solar minimum since 1998. That's what the UN scientists were talking about. The sun is not producing uh, on rates that it has in the past. It's kind of calmed down. There's not a lot, a lot going on here. Number three, weather manipulation. They've been manipulating the weather here 
on this planet since the 1940s. They manipulate magnetically, electrically, cloud seeding to cause rain or stop rain. They can cause droughts. Think, think California, renegade nation. They can uh, manipulate tornadoes and more. Number four, stratospheric aerosol geoengineering, more commonly known as chemtrails to the layperson, which is an ongoing global climate modification program, programs actually, being conducted by major powers around the world. And let's get into this for a moment, Renegade Nation, because it's important to understand. A primary stated goal of the geoengineering programs is to provide a solar shield to slow runaway climate change when we're at a global minimum. I mean a solar minimum. <laughs> Sorry, solar. The sun is at a minimum right now. So they're trying to stop the heating that's not there. And they're doing this by spraying tens of millions of tons of highly toxic metal nanoparticulates into the atmosphere from jet aircraft. Now I want to ask you, is the spraying only for solar radiation management? Based on available data, there are a number of known objectives, including, but not limited to, SRM, I didn't have time to look that up, weather warfare, over-the-horizon radar enhancement, controlling food production, oh, for the better or for the worse, I wonder, and probable biological testing. In other words, they're using us as guinea pigs, renegade nation. <laughs> Many geoengineering patents have a stated goal of slowing global warming. Aluminum, among other toxic metals, is showing up in countless rain tests around the world. The amount of aluminum, barium, and other metals in these rain and snow tests is always high and often completely off the charts. And Renegade Nation, that last part about the goal of these poisonous chemtrailing programs is to slow global warming. There is no global warming, folks. So what's behind it all? I ask you. And let me drive this home for you, people. If they're manipulating the atmosphere to prevent global warming when it's actually getting colder, doesn't that potentially imply that this playing God on faulty science, how is that going to play out for us? And finally, number five, Last but not least, something that most people have no clue about, in fact, I just learned this one myself, is the North and South Poles are splitting, so we have four poles. I'm including a link to a video that speaks into this, but if the magnetosphere is changing, does that not have an important influence on weather, but also on earthquakes and volcanic, volcanic activity as well? I do believe it does, Renegade Nation. No shit, Sherlock, if you know what I mean. That's, that's where these environmentalists don't have their heads screwed on right because they've been brainwashed to place their blame in the wrong direction for the wrong reasons. They're blaming humanity in general when it's the legal fiction entities, the corporations that are screwing up this planet and holding humanity back because of the almighty dollar and their profit bottom line. Follow the money once again, renegade nation. 
And most importantly, remember, there are major changes going on that have nothing to do with humanity. So I say, let's start en masse, educating ourselves to this truth and expend our anger, frustration, and an indignation in the right direction. The truth about the corporatocracy, the huge conglomerate system that imposes itself upon us and manipulates and lies to us all out of greed. Take the power back and take this planet back from those who could care less about humanity and all life itself. And that's the real bottom line, Renegade Nation. Is your head screwing back on in the right direction? And as for the people responsible for this global warming climate change meme, can we now at last have a few criminal indictments? The truth is coming out now about these agencies, foundations, and scientists on payrolls and environmental charities who've been lying about the science. Take your environmental passion and put that energy in the right direction for once. Oh my, okay, I'm taking a break. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to talk into the uh, Ninth Circuit Circus going on. The origins of this circus start with the three judges on the Ninth Circuit. Two out of three. Two out of three, by the way, were appointed by Obama. If that's not a major clue, I don't know what is. Lots of opinions, arguments, and disinformation swirling around about this. Let's take a look at it from a perspective based on evidence and some facts, okay? This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. Blunt. Do you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. Uh, I'm back and we're talking about the, uh, well, how would you put it? I think I call it immigration ban shenanigans. <laughs> and I'm going to read a few paragraphs uh, from an article I include in my links, of course. Um, an unidentified, oh, let me start again. An unidentified judge on the Ninth Circuit on Friday requested that the court's 25 full-time judges vote on whether the temporary block of Trump's travel ban should now be reheard before an 11 judge panel, known as an on bank review, uh, according to a court order. The Ninth Circuit asked both sides to file briefs by Thursday. In a separate case on Friday, Justice Department lawyers argued in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia, against a preliminary injunction that would put a longer hold on Trump's executive order than the Seattle court ruling, but focused solely on visa holders. Okay, now this is the only part which makes sense to me, is to clarify that current visa holders and those with green cards to be in the United States legally with perhaps a review of their current status, that those people should be exempt from this temporary ban while the new administration implements immigration laws already on the books. During the Clinton administration, I'd like to remind you, he implemented immigration laws that said any immigrant or refugee found guilty of committing a crime, even a nonviolent one, could be deported. And anyone found back in the country after deportation would face prison time. 
and nobody raised a stink about that back then. It's just that since 9-11, both the George W. and Obama administrations have not been following the laws on the books and allowed a very porous border where unknown and massive numbers of unknowns have been crossing our borders in a major way, illegally. Okay, so that's, that's valid. We should, we should allow current visa holders, they've already been vetted, they, they're, they're here legally. Let them come back if they've been traveling abroad. Okay, now I'm going to go back to this article. Um, Judge Leonie Brink, Brinkema asked the administration for more evidence of the threat posed by citizens of the seven countries included in the ban. Trump's original order, which he called a national security measure meant to head off attacks by Islamist militants, barred people from Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen from entering for 90 days and all refugees for 120 days, except refugees from Syria who were banned indefinitely. Okay, right there. Why those seven countries? If you remember, I've mentioned this before, back in 2003, General Wesley Clark publicly spoke of the memorandum, a memorandum he received from the Pentagon in which it stated that they would invade seven countries in five years, which they did, with the exception of Iran. Now, those countries have been devastated by this military agenda carried out by U.S. and its allies, NATO, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and others, and it led to the major rise in various militant, group, militant groups in which the ample evidence shows that the U.S. and its allies have been sponsoring, funding, training, and advising many of these militant groups, including al-Qaeda and ISIS. That was all implemented in the past two administrations, George Debye and Barack Obama. Trump didn't do that. He's not responsible for the wars in all these countries, nor the rise of the alleged terrorists that arose as a result of those illegal wars. But he's certainly aware of the blowback that is the result of all that carnage and destruction and the fact that our borders are very porous. It's a serious situation, Renegade Nation, but that's the reason behind this temporary ban. He is not being racist, nor is he targeting Muslims because of their religion. He's protecting this country from the murderous agendas of the past administrations and the resultant blowback, the righteous anger created by those illegal military actions. Okay, back to the article. The abrupt implementation of the order plunged the immigration system into chaos, sparking a wave of criticism from targeted countries, Western allies, and some of America's leading corporations, especially technology firms. Okay, why especially technology firms? Have you ever heard of the H-1B visas? The H-1B visas that are utilized by technology corporations for international temp workers this is the underbelly of Silicon Valley, as an example. This ban impacts their bottom line on how business is done, not based on how business works, not real productivity, just the making money part. Once again, follow the money. And this raises another question. Are the technology firms bringing in workers from other countries just to save money, Renegade Nation? 
Think about this. Or as I've spoken into before, is it also potentially because there is a lack, mm, hard to say, of qualified workers here in America? I only ask this question because, you know, there's also something to think about in regards to the implementation of the education's uh, common core introduced through the UN. This is an international body that's uh, affecting our educational systems nationwide. And that is, for example, they're teaching beginning math in a very different way. There is ample evidence that as students progress into high school, they often fail at higher math because the foundational math they were taught in grade school through Common Core doesn't translate to the higher math classes. Just asking this question here, food for thought. It's something to look into, too. I haven't actually had time to do that. Okay, now here's another article that I was looking at um, that was looking at the Ninth Circuit Court's machinations. And this point I tend to agree with. And it says, the Ninth Circuit Court is considering hearing the original immigration ban block again. President Trump did not request this. The Ninth Circuit Court did. The first hearing was done by, with only three judges. The court now is considering doing the hearing again with 11 judges. Why would they do that? Because they know they broke the law and want to avoid being broken up. Breaking up the Ninth Circuit Court is the only way to handle them obstructing justice when the law so clearly states Trump had the power to do the travel ban. What's worse? They want Trump to file for them so that they can run it again? If Trump is smart, he'll let them tell, he'll tell them to stuff it and simply take the court apart. The mainstream media along the way here is doing backflips to try to say it was a new executive order that are they're going to hear. But I've been over a few reports and in the second half they all say the Ninth Circuit Court wants to rehear the original executive order with 11 judges, not a new one. And the only way they'd be considering that is if they knew their butts were on a hot plate. And I agree with that, Renegade Nation. I mean, this whole Ninth Circuit Court is, without a doubt, is politically motivated. Plain and simple, as I've said before in the last break, of the three judges in the original hearing, two out of three were appointed by Obama. The progressive left, or should I say the regressive left, are hell-bent on destroying Trump's administration. And why is that? Why are they incessantly attacking this new president? Once again, Trump represents major changes within the halls of power, a reorganization, uh, a reformation of how business as usual runs, which is teeming with so much criminality, fraud, money laundering, you name it. And as I've talked about before, the judicial, the court system in this country is a major racketeering and profit-making operation. A corporation, once again. Private. Mostly foreign-owned. I don't know. Trump is a threat to them, and they know it. Okay, Renegade Nation. You know, I have to close here. And <laughs> I have to tell you, I was delayed on this show because over the past week, I caught this bug that, oh God, it just knocked me out. I mean, I, I basically crawled under a rock and just slept my way through it because it was too ooky to stay conscious for. And I'm still not quite all the way back, at least energy-wise. 
I hope you enjoyed listening. I feel I've left you, you know, with some stuff to contemplate, especially the climate change baloney that's got everybody in a tizzy. It's not easy to unbrainwash people's perceptions until you hear other sides to this issue and the manipulation of science to suit the profits of self-interested and greedy sociopaths across especially the Western world. And it's a sad, sorry, and dangerous agenda, and we have to wake up to it. <sighs> Please, wake up. Wake up, Renegade Nation. Pass it on. Share this with others. And also, tune into uh, my special interview I just did earlier today with CEO and founder Darlene Mia of Hempington Post. Uh, the show's called Everly Isby, Hemp This. We talk about the very important reasons why we need to be educated and aware of the solutions industrial hemp can provide for us. It's great info. I hope you check it out. This is Everly Isby, connecting the dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Thanks, as always, for listening. <laughs>